Good morning, everyone. I'm Michael Zinsky, Director of Communications at the SUNY Charter Schools Institute and your host for the Institute's More Great Seats for Kids podcast, where we dive deep into the processes and practices that make SUNY Charter Schools among the highest performing schools in the state and across the country. Before we begin, if you like this or any of our past episodes, please leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast feed. This will help us expand our reach and help more people find and learn about our work and the great successes of our SUNY charter schools. I'm very excited for today's guest, Ashish Kapadia, Executive Director of Central Queens Academy Charter Schools, one of the top performing charter schools in our SUNY portfolio. Ashish is here to talk about CQA's new school year, new facility, the lessons learned from the pandemic, serving immigrant families, and more. So stick around. Ashish, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, well, we last saw each other in early September at the ribbon cutting for CQA's new, uh, beautiful new building in Elmhurst. So reflecting back to that day, what did that moment mean to you, uh, knowing it had been a 10-year journey uh, for CQA to find its forever home? Uh, it meant we were no longer searching for a permanent facility. Um, we spent a lot of time looking for a permanent facility. And and to be honest with you, uh, real estate in Queens is really difficult and competitive. And there were a couple of times where we thought we had the right space um, and we were able to acquire the right space and, you know, plans fell through. And so it was just nice to be able to finish that process. And it was certainly hard. Um, it, it is, you know, we've moved in and it's still hard in some ways, but uh, it is a much better, nicer, newer facility than what we've ever had before. And, um, you know, the, the quality of school really is impacted by the quality of the facility that you have. And it affects the academic program you can provide. It affects the offerings that you want to be able to give to your scholars and families, whether it's during the school day or after school. Um, and it's it's really something where, you know, the right facility can really make or break a school in the long term. And so we were really just happy to be moved in and ready to go. And, and we're using our space as best as we can. Yeah. And the building really is state of the art. Uh, so what was your vision uh, for the building and what was it like working with the architects uh, to achieve that vision? I'm sure there will be a lot of interest, you know, for your answer from uh, all the schools thinking about their own facilities. Yeah, um, so we were fortunate enough um, to use our own architect. Uh, the developers for this particular building uh, allowed us to do that. Um, and in return, they got a really long-term lease, uh, but we were able to pick our architect and use the person that we wanted to do, wanted to use. Um, and Gluck Plus, which is the architectural firm, and they have some some really really talented architects who know how to design schools, so it was it was a pleasure working with them. It's it's definitely a very important process. Uh, I probably spoke to our architect on average four times a week, um, and sometimes it was definitely more than that. Um, and, but they designed an amazing building, and then the developers put that into place and executed it uh, pretty well. And, and so we, we were really fortunate. The, the vision was and is to have 900 children in this space. Um, and so we break it up where we have the elementary school on one floor and the middle school on a separate floor. Uh, there are some common shared spaces in the building, but um, we really run 
even though we are one school, we really run two separate programs for the different uh, groups of grade levels. And, and um, our architects were able to make that happen and do it really well. So let's take uh, let's take a step back for a second um, to familiarize listeners with Central Queens Academy. So can you discuss your 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 mission, uh, who you serve, and why parents choose CQA over uh, other you know, nearby options? Sure. So uh, CQA opened in 2012 uh, as originally just a middle school, and last year was our first year of expanding to open up elementary school. We currently have grades K, 1, and 2, and then in our middle school, we have grades 5 through 8. We have about 100 scholars in each grade level, um, and so 700 total right now. Next year, we'll add third grade, and that'll be 800, and then the year after, we'll be at full size as a K to 8 of 900 students. Um, our School's mission is to prepare our scholars for success in education, the workforce, and our community. Um, and we do that by integrating literacy with high standards academics, as well as culturally responsive support services. And so what we really try to do is be a community school that focuses on academics, uh, cares about its community, and instills a sense of high character for everyone. Uh, with that said, we serve primarily first and second generation immigrants, although we definitely have uh, a sizable African-American community that is larger than the percentage in the district, and we're very proud of that. Um, and so we, we definitely integrate literacy throughout our instruction in all the grade levels and all the courses because we have a large percentage of immigrants and first and second generation immigrants. Um, our scholars come from over 30 different nations. They speak 20 different languages. We are an incredibly diverse school. Uh, why do parents pick us? We think it's because we've done a really good job of being able to get to know every single scholar and family. We're, even though we have 700 students, we are a small school. We Every teacher knows every one of their scholars. Um, and, and we do a really good job of making it a point to get to know all of our scholars, even if we don't teach them. Um, and so what that really means is we know how they learn, we know some of their family needs, we know um, how we can best support each and individual, each and every individual scholar. And a lot of times those supports are really different from scholar to scholar. So even though uh, there is an academic program in place, we do tailor some of our instruction to their individual. And I saw you, you all, you know, really do a, a wonderful job of that. I saw one statistic where, you know, 15, 20% of your eighth grade scholars attend a specialized or selective uh, high school, 75% of your eighth grade scholars attend, you know, one of their top five choices. So uh, you're doing something right over there. We're trying. It's definitely a full team effort. We have a great team of teachers, administrators, operations members, uh, custodians, and and guidance counselors who work incredibly hard. Um, I don't think any one person can take a whole lot of credit, but together as a team, we do we do the best that we can for every single one of our scholars. No, I know CQA has some really strong ties to the community as uh, community as well, which definitely you know helped during the pandemic. You know, allowing your school to seamlessly you know, connect families with with local nonprofits to support their needs. So I was hoping you could take a few minutes here to kind of uh, elaborate some of those efforts. Uh, discuss your community partners and how you've been able to leverage them and support your students and their families? Sure. Um, 
we knew the pandemic hit our families hard. Um, a large percentage of our students come from Elmhurst and Corona, and that was at one point the epicenter of the epicenter of this pandemic. Uh, and and so there was a tremendous amount of emotional trauma that was happening. Um, there still is in some cases, and so our counselors worked really hard to connect families uh, to each other, to us, uh, to connect scholars to us, and then to get some of the resources that families needed, whether it was family counseling, whether it was government assistance, whether it was food assistance, um, immigration legal assistance. Uh, we, we tried and still do try to connect as many families as we can to those services. Um, we knew that there were families that were seriously concerned about being evicted when the moratorium ended. Um, and so we, we got together with some of the community-based partners in the area. And what we started to do is to connect families directly to people that could help them and to organizations that could help them, whether it's Queens Community House, South Asian Youth Action, whether it's um, a food pantry that we created in our own school um, and then extended out to other charters in the neighborhoods uh, near us. And, and so um, we need families needed help and, and we really just tried to refer as many as we could to people who could provide that help. You know, in a recent uh, parent focus group, families expressed, you know, really high levels of satisfaction with the, the, the charter program at CQA, and they specifically highlighted uh, the program as a really an effective transition for immigrant families, um, you know, speaking really highly of CQA's work with uh, you know, L students. So what types of services and supports do you offer uh, in that realm? Sure. Um, whether a scholar is an English language learner or not, uh, they get a double period of English, they get needed separate intervention services when it comes to literacy support. And then on top of that, they can also get academic intervention services from a different um, literacy instructor. And so what we really tried to do is make for brand new immigrants, for recent immigrants, for really anyone that needs the, the support, we tried to get as much literacy instruction into the school day. And so whether it's just through those three groups or whether it's through combining literacy into all of the other subject areas because it's just part of our mission, we what we tried to do is to fast track the learning as quickly as we can um, in each grade level. And so we know that scholars who come to us in fifth grade are often two or three grade levels behind when it comes to reading and writing. And, and really our goal is to make the four year middle school process or now with elementary scholars, the, the, the learning process, one where we build year over year and get that growth to happen. Um, our proficiency stats are great, but we really care much more about our, our scholars growing year over year more than a grade level so that they can get caught up before they leave us. So continuing on with that thread around the, the families, um, obviously the, the pandemic made clear the importance of, of family communication and engagement. So how are you ensuring uh, parents and, and caregivers and others are, are not just informed, but effective partners? So we know families that come from these neighborhoods are often stretched pretty thin, whether it's economically they're challenged, whether they have lots of different other 
obligations, um, we know that's a hard thing to do. And so what we ask of our families more than anything else is to stay informed. And so what we try to do is we try to send weekly emails out to families. We send numerous messages via text and via certain apps to our families every day. Um, and so what we try to do is more than anything else, ask our families, make sure you know what is going on. So we do things like post our homework on our website, send text messages to families whenever there's any type of announcement. Um, we're not one of those schools that obligates families to do very much, but we want them to be informed more than anything else. This year for the first time, we provided them in the middle school access to their child's grades all day, every day, so that they get notifications whenever their child's teacher puts in any grade for them, they can get that notification on their cell phone. And so we just want them to be informed. We know they're going to be supportive because that's what parents do. They're gonna support their children and in turn supports the school. And that's great. And that's all we ask for is that they're informed and they work with their child. We don't ask for a whole lot else because we know it's hard to do a whole lot more than that. And so really for us, it's about communication more than anything else. So I guess my final question here today is, um, you know, thinking about that, you know, it's new school year, it's October, uh, about month, month and a half into the new school year. You know, it's coming out of the pandemic. What lessons did you take from the pandemic that you're carrying with you? you know, this year and plan on to continue into the future? So the pandemic set children back academically, but I think much more socially and emotionally. And so for us, I would say the biggest lesson is we have to support our children and thus our families socially and emotionally by getting to know them thinking of them as people and thinking about how they need help and trying to provide it. And so whether that's, hey, there's just a scholar who needs a friend today, or hey, there's a family that's in crisis, it's our job to reach out. And that's what we really try to do. The academics will come. And, and I know there are a lot of educators who are gung-ho and it has to happen right now. And we hear that, we feel that. But I think right now, still coming out of this pandemic, we need to provide as much social and emotional support as we can. And so that's why this particular year we invested in having additional guidance counselors um, than what was in our original plan, because we know our scholars need that help. Our families need that help. And they are the best people at our school to provide that. help. Well, I think that's a, that's a good note to end on. So Ashish, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the support throughout the years. <laughs>